Ramana Maharshi. So I'm going to read uh, one of these things here. So here we go. You, meaning mind, yeah, in a sense. Well, let's just say you impose limitations on your true nature. So it's the mental state imposes limitations on your true nature of infinite being. And then weeps that you are not a weeps that you are a finite creature. So it denies your infiniteness and then it weeps about being a finite creature. Or in our case, in our vernacular bitches about it, being a finite creature. Then you take up this or that spiritual practice to transcend the non-existent, non-existent, existing limitations. You follow this? This is important. But if your practices, if your practice itself assumes the existence of the limitations, how can it help you to transcend them? Do you see? There's a trick there, but that trick is said in many different ways by this master, and to me it's the beginning and end, really, of any talk. Yeah. So there's a feeling, there's the mental state is assuming that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which is an act of denial of your infinite condition, and then bitches about the limitations of this, and therefore some of us will be pushed into trying to find the infinite condition, but as something outside of ourselves, we will objectify it in a way, because we've already named the seeming subject, and we call it us. So our true us has to be made, has to be objectified into, I'm going to find my authentic self, or whatever, the infinite, whatever you call it. And I'm going to use vehicles, let's say we'll call them practices, spiritual practices. But one of the dilemmas he discovered is that while using the spiritual practices to reach this infinite condition, you're actually reaffirming the false story of being a limited condition. Yeah, see, this is the dilemma. Now, it doesn't say... It doesn't have any influence if you find the exact historic, ancient, 10,000-year-old formula in a, in a cave in the Himalayas. That will break that safe, because there is, there's, no safe, there's no safe to crack. See, there's, there's an idea that's not so, that's being assumed to be so. And then, in a lot of ways, most of our behaviors is trying to make that which is not so, not so... But all the effort to make it not so, give it a reality that it never had. So, moving away from it, I've said in thousands of ways, but I like it when I can read someone who maybe you have more respect for. <laughs> because you'll never see them. <laughs> you'll never hear them fart, you'll never see them, you know, go out with someone you think, oh, why is he doing that? None of that will be seen, so you can have a, a myth of someone. So, there's, he's basically saying it, but... The idea is, in recovery, we self, say self can't get out of self. Another great master says, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah, so this is the thing. If the seeking of the Buddha seems so ardent and so important, there may be in place, prior to that, a denial of your own Buddhahood. And that all that effort to find the Buddha may be a great way to disguise that you are the Buddha. Could be. Now, some people, and maybe don't, they don't need to go through uh, tons of years or lots of years of practice, and then have that stated or read this or have it downloaded, and basically it sort of like triggers a connection to all the behaviors that you could have bundled up into a topic called spiritual activity. Because they were all, in my diagnosis, not even mine, the diagnosis that downloaded to me was all of it had this equation involved in it. Every last, every last, every last little thing I attempted to do was actually reaffirming that, which I'm not. 
<laughs> because if you really want to get out of something, it must be some, it's got to, there's got to been given some inness to it that's so relevant to you, you want, you're driven to get out of it. But what happens if it's an imaginary in? Yeah. So the in that you feel is so true but isn't, then what would happen if you were trying to escape from an imaginary place? Yeah, exactly. So that would be more the imprisonment. So the escaping from an imaginary place is truly an imprisonment in in the mental state because you're believing what isn't so. And in every it's compounded and added onto, and a lot of stuff built on this. But this is the this is what it's built on. So in a way, the solution to this is prior to it. It's that which you are prior to this distortion or this invitation or this advertisement or this insane assumption. That which you are is prior to it. So all in a sense you need to do is see you may not be that and just so happens if that occurs you may find out what you are because you can't know what you are. That would mean you were something else. Yeah. For me to know you, I have to be other. Yeah. So Brahmana would always say, to know God in this terminology is to be God, because that's it. Yeah. That you would see yourself, you would see from priorness, instead of being looks instead of looking from after the fact, you would see prior to the fact, and prior to the fact it ain't a fact. There you go. And everything we do, in a sense, that could have any value, is not leading us to a realization, but it's just diminishing the ignorance that we've been set up in. Yeah. So by, just like the, the, the 12 steps for me, in recovery we say the problem resides in the mind, yes, in the thought system, basically. So obviously you can't use thought to get out of thought you would still be in the confines of the system, right? You can't use the thought to get out of thought. So self can't get out of self because thought is where self seems to be so. Yeah, Because what you're constantly remembered as in thoughts and in memories is as a body. So if the body is your primary condition, then how could you pass from this condition and this being identified with this condition, the only way you could look at spirituality is something to do, or to get, to bring back and add on to this condition. Yeah. Instead of seeing that this condition may be a projection of the small M mind, it may not be what you are, that it may be a non-existent thing, then the whole ball game would shift. Yeah. The strikes and balls would be different. Home runs and strikeouts would be different. The whole thing would be different. Yeah. So prior is where the solution is. After, there's tons of solutions. Yeah. But have you run into one solution that worked completely? Or there's one solution like, all right, you meet, you find out about Buddhism, and then maybe a few years, then you think, I'm going to try extreme turbocharged Buddhism. And then I'm going to f- do Buddhism mixed with psychotherapy and stuff like that. Yeah? So there's solution upon solution, hybrids of solutions, and more solutions. To me, that's a problem, actually. So, prior, it's an imaginary place which does not initiate any fucking plans or strategies to escape. <laughs> Why? Because it's an imaginary place. Period. It's, there's no, oh, well, let's debate this. There's no debate. It's an imaginary place. So, <laughs> so from here, from prior, that this is the solution, there is, the problem is truly an activity. It's a mental activity that seems to be either 
it's acquired already our attention and interest, or it's reinforcing that our attention and interest will be centered on one thing called self. And most people, in the formatted experience here, it's based on self-centeredness, which is perfectly defined. Everything is, all your perceptions, all the memories, all the thoughts, all the feelings are being claimed to support, reinforce, imply being a self. So the whole system is centered on self. It's like when you have a, you know, you have your politics and everything like that. They never get to the systemic root of fucking anything. They just wanna, they just wanna change. You know, you know, let's put the circles on the deck of the Titanic in a semicircle. Oh, all right. And you will instead of you sitting there, you'll sit over there. Oh, it's the whole fucking thing is different. But you're still going down. <laughs> so the, this is the whole thing. It's systemic. This is a system of thought. With the system of thought being centered in the exact thing it is now, there's basically no possibility of a solution other than one that's produced by the system that you'd like to get relief from. <laughs> how, do you, how can you expect results? Maybe you'll get fleeting results, but maybe, maybe you're just telling yourself a story quite a lot. I mean, if I worked hard for four weeks, you better believe I'd squeeze out a spiritual realization. If I was in the fucking Himalayas at a 14-hour meditation a day thing, I'm going to pop one out, fucking something, because I don't want to feel like I left empty-handed. But that's the real gift. You went in empty-handed, and if it really worked, you'd leave empty-handed. Instead of having a, you know, a bundle of realizations to fuel your next pursuit of the ongoing movable solution, it just seems just a little bit more like that. It's not like you put a stop to it, but a stop will be put to it. Really, because you'll see, you are not, you are an effect. You are not a cause. As is, you're an effect. You're an effect, and the mental state is reacting to it as if it's a cause. Unless it doesn't suit its stories, or it'll make another person the cause of the effect you're going through. So victimhood and all that shit and blame will occur, yeah? You're an effect. But it's masquerading as a cause. If you see that you're an effect, then maybe, just maybe, you'll find out your cause. Yeah? And what is that going to cause? Who knows? Find out. See. Yeah? You may cancel some of your subscriptions to spiritual magazines. I don't know. <laughs> your, your visits to bookstores, like less of, you know, crime thrillers and shit, will, will diminish. You won't be paging through the next fucking common ground or whatever, looking for something else to do. Yeah. It's not glamorous. I swear to God, man, it's so much better to hang out with a lot of people striving. Yeah, you can sort of gauge where you're at and maybe get a feeling, hey, I meditate longer than them. You know, I've, had, I've gone to 12 retreats. They're on their first retreat. You know, somehow or another, some weird pecking order will, in your own head will be there. Some people may agree. Maybe you wear longer robes or a different color or whatever. But to think, you know, but this is nothing. As you can see, it's, it's not heralded with great fanfare. And after the conduit, the hose gets overthinking, it has something to do with him, it realizes, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's, just, it's not really a very uh, exciting idea unless you're tired unless you're sick and tired, or unless you've been on the carousel a few too many rotations, and, you know, those gold rings, as soon as you do one more rotation, turns into copper or bronze, you know, and then, oh, another color, and then you start seeing something's wrong. You know, not wrong meaning bad, it's just not working. So maybe, just maybe, what best way to rearrange and completely reconfigure a system I say, screw that. Just see that, you know, leave the system. Or realize you've never been in the system. 
that there's a huge aspect of you, which is the base of your whole life, the consciousness of the seeing, that's never been involved in all that the mental state will swear that you're involved in. It hasn't been. Yeah. So the solution is right there at all times, always available, right where you are, with no requirement necessary, other than the ones you set up. Yeah. Literally. He says it in so many ways, another way, presupposing non-existent thing and then trying to get salvation for that thing. Yes? Presupposing a non-existent thing and then trying to get satisfaction for that thing. Presupposing a non-existent thing and trying to get excitement for that thing instead of from that thing. Just change the O-R to R-O and add a M, me, and there you go, from <laughs> from that me, not for that me. <laughs> and then you sense this, you get used to the spaciousness of what you really are. You're not behind the cheekbone. You know, you don't end here inside of here. You're not you're not is is space just this in this room? Do you believe a room, these walls and doors, if they're closed, contain space? They stop space? If you take this wall down, do you have to go call up a company that deals with space and say, all right, I got a 4 by 12 foot piece of something I just moved, so can you send me a 4 by 12 piece of space fast so no one can see the void? No. This is appearing in it, isn't it? It's appearing in space. It, it hasn't moved space over. <laughs> it hasn't moved space out. This is a, just like this chair. If I move this chair, tell me, and you, all you can do at that point is to know the chair, you have to remember it, because you're not seeing it anymore, yet. And then maybe you'll see its effects on other things, like on the rug, and maybe it marred the wall it was rubbing against. But basically, its effects are totally, totally relative. Yeah? And the only way you can ever remember the chair is to remember the chair. Yeah? What's the difference between a body and that? You think, you, do you think if they weighed space after, let's say, a number of us died, it would be more weight? You know what I mean? Because some, like, let's say 100,000 people died. That took up a lot of space. So wait, let's weigh it after they die. Fuck, there should be a whole lot more space, but the exact same weight of space. Let's kill 2 million people, God forbid, or 20 million people. We're definitely going to see a drop, I mean, an increase in space weight. But is there? No. <laughs> Where this is an appearance, in a sense, space, isn't it? Now, if you see, all right, this is an appearance, and this is all appearances, and I'm calling this appearance the crown of creation, but let's say, I read a book a long time ago that said, look at evolution from a jellyfish's point of view, and from the jellyfish's point of view, they think evolution stopped at the jellyfish, <laughs> and they're the crown of creation, basically, you know what I mean? I would think anything that has itself said it is going to think they're the crown of creation. <laughs> but let's say here we are, and who anointed us that? We, us. <laughs> we should always, who has ordained that we're the crown of creation? Others like us. <laughs> All the animals didn't get to have a big powwow. All right, you're, you're the crown of creation. You can kill us and eat us and fuck, you know, fuck us sometimes in rural areas of the United States, whatever. These things can happen. But, you know, and we have no rights because you're the crown of creation. I don't, I don't think that ever, they didn't have a giant congress of all the animals and species and we were okay. You're it, brother. You're it. Eat us. Fucking kill us for fun. So yeah, just put me in a pen and let me out and shoot me. Fucking great. 
<laughs> but here, so let's say what is, so, all right, at least awareness, or let's call it consciousness, or attention or interest, whatever. That's not a thing, is it? There's not a quantity to attention and interest or consciousness, is there? And consciousness isn't the size of the door it comes through. See, it's not, it's not the size of the eye, yeah? There's only this little bit of consciousness coming through that door. It's all there is, and then it moves through these five little gates. You could have 20 gates, some other animals. Some insects have seven senses or shit, you know? So you're having seven, six, five experiences, and one, and the six experiences is going over what you thought you experienced on the other five gates, which is the mental state. <laughs> That's where the rub is, really. <laughs> so there it is, but it's not like there's a, there's only so much consciousness, you know, like you like. You know, you're a better model, so you've got a larger gallon tank than I do. So you're going to live longer, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pass away as soon as I. <laughs> they should have a little gauge that's all right. You're getting close to empty. Fucking finish that bucket list. <laughs> no, obviously, there's no quantity to it. Do you? You don't run out of attention, do you? No, you get bored with shit, but the attention is now on to being bored with shit. You know? So, attention is not a thingness. Yeah. So, basically, the activity of life as we know it isn't really based on a thing, it's based on no thing. Yeah. Have you ever seen a dead body? And if, did you know that person that was called that, that body? After you, and you see the dead body, it sure doesn't seem to be that person you are meeting, yeah? Do you, do you know? You know what I mean? So, that, that which is not appearing, but allows all appearances to be seen, what's, what's that? You know? What's, it's that it seems to be happening where, right where I think I am. <laughs> but we can't seem to put our finger on it. <laughs> I mean, it's the baseline of all events. You know, it's the seeing of it. There's some, some mystics and spirituality would say there is no world without the seeing of it, you know. So without us, or like the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Or, you know, and then another statement is observation distorts what's observed. So you give meaning to things. They don't give meaning to you unless you give them that meaning to be able to do it. Yeah? Because they don't have a meaning. Nothing does, except what's given to it. Yeah? So in recovery, we have the statement... It's funny, it's a, little, it's a little throwaway line in one of the stories about a guy, and it's sort of, it's, it's like the preamble to him going back out using alcohol. And it, it starts like this, a thought occurred to me. <laughs> that could be of every fucking person's life story. Every chapter, that should be the heading. A thought occurred to me <laughs> that they were fucking with me. <laughs> or it'd be a good idea to sleep with my friend's wife, or, oh, do another shot of coke, or take that money, or shoot that person. A thought occurred to me. Now, most people start after a thought occurs to them. Yeah. What would happen if something other than a thought occurred to you? Or a real level occurs as you, which is face or pause, you know, or awareness, or your original face, which isn't a face, whatever Zen talks like that. What would happen if something other than thought occurred to you, or occurred as you? I would imagine one of its benefits could be when a thought did occur to you, with that as the buffer, you'd have a lot more space between what you are and, the, and what the thought's implying, yeah? And so what would happen? Maybe, just maybe, you'd have an immunity to thought, because what would occur to you first is not thought, because that which you are isn't an occurrence. It's always available at all times. It's not of time. 
So it can beat, quote-unquote, any drawer a thought can come up with because its gun's always out. It doesn't need to be remembered. It doesn't need to be, have memories of. It's so ever-presently here, it doesn't seem to be for us. Yeah. This is the message. So what is it that causes that which I am not to be acknowledged by that which I'm not? You know, what the, how could, what's going on? To me, it's a heist or a burglary or something like that. And in this case, the heist is you buy, you spend tons of money on security, but the thief is in your house already with you. <laughs> and when you're punching the code to your password, you know, it's looking right over your shoulder. And with all your intimate topics you never want to share with anyone, when it enters, you go, oh, it's me. You recognize it as you, so it has carte blanche to go through all your fucking files, and then it just builds up cases against you, and then at its whim, it calls you to court, and you're convicted. <laughs> then you beg for mercy, and it says, well, no. <laughs> and then you go into this parole, probation, and more court dates, and you're fucking bound. You're bonded to this idea of being a self. And the double whammy is you'll want to get free from the bondage of self as a self. Which totally, totally is not one iota of a threat to the system of self. There's no, it doesn't, you can go out and fucking sign up for every fucking thing you ever want to, to get out of self. <laughs> it's not scared at all. <laughs> it's got the greatest security, the greatest insurance policy. You take yourself to be what it projects you as. So you're trying to get out of self as a self. You're trying to use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You're trying to use mind, bigger mind, to seek mind. You're trying to use light of awareness, yeah, to seek light. This can save you a lot of time, you know. If that's, to me, it's valuable. Because, you know, a peak experience may not equate to you traveling lighter for a consistent, long-lasting event. This is like a, this is truly nothing, but it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's just ordinary dog shit awareness. You're awake to being awake. And it's nothing special, we're all awake. But many of us are pantomiming that we're not. And to double the, the trip, we're trying to get out of that, which we're not, instead of realizing we're not that. I swear, if this keeps happening, the talks are going to be like 30 seconds in about a month or two. Because really, I can riff only so much. I'm getting closer to there's no room anymore. I mean, I can't... Can't get behind. You can't get behind. You are behind the presupposing of an imaginary thing. You are there. That's the, that's that idea of the seeker is the sort. Yeah, you are what you're looking for. That's the idea of what's looking of is what you're looking for. These little cryptic messages are pointing to the fact. Yeah. Not just pointing to the fact, but pointing to the falsehood of what you're not. And then you will, you are, will quote-unquote, A-R-R-I-V-E, arrive. There's no arriving, you never left. But there'll, there'll be a feeling or a translation that you finally arrive to where you've always been. Yeah? You don't go at it directly. You will never find what you are. But you will find out what you are when you see what you're not. You'll find out because its expression, it will intimate itself to itself. Just by the livingness of it, yeah? And then you'll be keyed into certain things. Maybe you'll see, you'll see a pattern of the whole the choreography of this huge, incredible dance, you know? Maybe you'll see how beautiful, in a lot of ways, time is. Because, what, let's say, what is always so at all times, yeah? Is always so at all times. If it wanted to tease itself out and have millions of different expressions of its non-expressive entity, yeah, non-entity, time would be a beautiful thing. I mean, sometimes the beauty, the heralding of the blossom, the blooming of the flower is the bud. 
If all flowers were in bloom all the time, there'd be maybe a lack of appreciation by the audience. But because the flower appears some only for two days, yeah, and they're there, orchids you can get for months there, and then suddenly they bloom, yeah, in all their fucking regal sexual glory, yeah. Now maybe if it was just always if it was completed already, yeah, it, it's sort of like teasing out. That's beautiful in a lot of ways. So instead of instead of have, instead of just having a canvas and then the next second a total complete picture, to watch a picture bleed out just look like you know a sky. He could have just had like five or eight combos, cloud combos, and then you see like you know. Seven days a week, maybe you see three and they'd be mixed up occasionally, but there'd be five or six sets of a sky. But it's constantly moving. Yesterday or the day before, it was one of the most exquisite ones I've seen in a long time. That's this incredible wisp, and they look like they look like a horizontal jellyfish display. There's a great thing in the Monterey Aquarium when you walk in, this wall of jellyfish, and they're just slowly. They're like in a whole different timescape and moving, and there's lots of them in this big pool, but they're vertical. This is like horizontal. And it was just, you just sat there, and just, it was like unbelievable. Not, I mean, whatever it is went to great lengths. To, I mean, the performance is like the slowest striptease of all time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and for somehow or another, it provokes experience of value and appreciation that all there is at all times can't really provoke, in a way. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? So, like, zillions and zillions of variations constantly interplaying with themselves. It's like the most... It's like the... the, the it's like more traffic than San Francisco in a green dreamscape with no fucking accidents. Zillions of things interplaying. And there you are moving along with it, you know, like a fucking kaleidoscopic river, and you're moving along with it. I see that as beauty, you know. So what's the hurry getting out? You know, like the Course says, you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We're going to dream ourselves out of it. We're in that activity, yeah? But in other words, the mind, the bigger mind that's dreaming this is going to dream itself out of this. It doesn't have to fucking kill it because it's not so. It doesn't have to, you know, extinguish it. It's just going to use itself appearing as all this to dream itself out of this, yeah? And as you do, the dream will get happier, could you imagine if you were given that memo at the beginning of this whole event and you had faith in it? It would, make, it would have caused a very calming reassurance. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Stand with the true authority. <laughs> so in a way, it's that which is can only appear in like zillions and zillions and zillions of zillions and zillions of different colors and everything like that in this dream. I mean, it would, you know, in a sense, we should just fall on our knees and just honor the fucking event because we're it. We're the dreaming and we're the dreamt. This isn't a dream where it's absent. It's, it's appearing in the dream also as the dreamt. Now, the fun is, is to realize you're not the dreamt, yeah? And then find out you're that which you've only, like, have been in wonder and awe of. You are of that. Not a bad coming to. I mean, I was at this, this place in the... They were talking about, oh, well, I'm getting, I'm right up to the, to, to the void, and I'm, and, but there's such a resistance. And I said, well, then just back off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck. You don't want to jump into the void, it's fine. You're the void, and you're, you know, you know, hey, hold on there. This isn't like a fucking, a baton march to enlightenment. You know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> it's okay to take a break. <laughs> I've had enough for a while. Far out. No, what the hell is that? 
This isn't like, you're not getting whipped into something. It's more like a relaxed awareness, like they call in this, this segment of Tibetan Buddhism, Dokchen, they call it the Great Perfection. And they, in some of their writings, they emphasize it as relaxed awareness. Yeah. So you're just relaxed. In other words, the aperture is allowed to open up. So you're not so much concentrating yeah, on things or a thing, which is, would be like supposed deep meditations, concentrating on one thing. No, you're not. You're just constant. You're, you're just dispersed, and you're sensing the space of things. Yeah. This allows a lot to come in, and it doesn't have to be any striding gatekeeper to keep thoughts out and this and that. Everything's allowed to enter. Like no cloud is denied entrance to the skyscape. You know, <coughs> does this thing. Because the sky knows full well nothing that appears in it affects it whatsoever. It brings about a relaxation better than 50 time massages. Yeah. When things started happening to me, the way I used to describe it was, it would be like I dropped down 10 feet. Everything looked exactly like it did, but I dropped into another level of relaxation. The first few drops, it, I didn't notice it for a while. It took a couple of weeks or months, and I realized, Jesus Christ, things are different. You know, <laughs> just traveling a lot lighter. <laughs> Whoops, don't say anything. <laughs> I wanted him to come and take it away. And then it got more obvious, you know. But it would be like, boom, boom, and nothing had to change. Because you are everything. You're what gives meaning to things. You're the only reality there is here. Truly. What's looking out of all our eyes is the same, same, yet appearing to be different by what it moves through. But that which is looking is what you and I are looking for. You know? You don't, it's not a feigned commonality. It doesn't have to exclude differences to recognize the commonality. The differences are included. You may not like some of your own appearances. <laughs> and some of the appearances may not like you. It's all, all included. It doesn't like, you know, what's one to do. <laughs> simple. You want a simple start? Just look at the thoughts. You, ha- you have both things. The thoughts are going to happen. Yeah? And there is a scene. So it's not like you've got to start seeing. <laughs> There's a scene. Yeah? Does, you, does the sense of being on, does it exhibit any thought or effort? You know, like when you open up your eyes in the morning, does it take like ten minutes for the, fall, you know, the room to reappear? No. It's like sort of, it's not like you, the room well, you know, you know, there's a scene, really, isn't there? It doesn't seem to be, you know, you don't join people in a group to see better, you know, and if, you know, almost like your, your sphincter muscles has to be seeing of seeing. No, it's no thought or effort. Then why do we believe thought and effort would arrive us there? Would arrive us? Would arrive us there? Would arrive there? It's impossible. Maybe there's thought and effort in the beginning to look at what you're not, yeah? Because that seems to be more solid than what truly is solid here. Solid is nothingness. The most absent and ethereal shit is what we take to be real. Appearances, but they're the most cloud-like of anything happening here. (laughs) So, yeah. So look, if this, and this is how all this was like reverse engineering. Yeah, I entertained ideas. Certain things happened. My mind opened up. But let's say, just looked a different way. Like you know that that arthritic neck posture of self-centeredness. You know, just and I still so. And then what happened? Maybe because this is my seat assignment here. Then I got. A lot of downloads about 
this would seem so obvious now, why it wasn't seeming obvious then. It was because certain conditions and situations were in place, yes? What were they? Well, this is how, that's what the reverse engineering told me. So for me, the big one to look at is not thoughts, actions, and feelings, but the my that tends to be preceding them, yeah? My thoughts, my feelings, and my actions. So it's not about giving up actions, you're an action figure. Even the giving up an action is an action. You can't get out of it. But it's giving up the one who thinks they're doing it, yeah? And it's not even giving it up. Just question it. See if it's so. Yeah? I had examples that were very profound coming into recovery. When I went to my first couple of months of meetings, which were more more attended than these are, and uh, people would share what it was like to, you know, be an alcoholic or an addict, usually talking about their thoughts and their feelings and their reactions to life and experiences. After a few months, I could only come to two conclusions. One of them was, how did they get my thoughts? Yeah? Because to me, the mind gets disqualified if a lot of people have it. (laughs) I just don't see how you can hold on to the mind of something if it seems to be like the commons. <laughs> you know? So it doesn't so it's not like, all right, I've got to dissect the my. It seemed obvious. If some if all these people have my thoughts, they mustn't be my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I was lucky in a way to be a drug addict and a, an alcoholic because a subdivision of selfing is so potent here it, it will drive people to a solution. <laughs> Because he can really go to town on your ass <laughs> or through your ass. So you get, I mean, no one comes to recovery out of virtue. <laughs> they sort of, no one drives head in first, they're back in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Usually they get towed in. <laughs> or they're accompanied with a police car or a police uh, cadre. <laughs> so, but there you can see selfing beautifully defined by a very extreme version of it called alcohols, which is an extreme version of self-centeredness. And sometimes that's how you recognize something is through extremes, yeah? Something that would go unnoticed in daily life, for some alcoholics, can't go unnoticed. Either the police are noticing it, the wife's noticing it, the employer's noticing it, it's, and then maybe finally you'll notice it. But it's coming, you know, it's, people are catching on that something is fucking really wrong. So, so when I came in here, you know, it was easy to see, because a lot of the thoughts when I came in AA, I first crowned them as alcoholic thoughts, yeah? Which helped me dramatically when I saw that all these people had them. I said, oh. So I started seeing a whole, a large amount of the thoughts as alcoholic thoughts, yeah? And what happened was there was relief from what? The thoughts, or more space. Or like, and also space and time. So the thought would arise and it wouldn't immediately trigger a knee-jerk reaction. There would be what we call a pause. And then something could occur to me before the next thought. <laughs> it's a wisdom or something, you know. Which prevented another fucking shitstorm that I was going to be the center of. So, in this way, it was easy for me to see that by, because we have these meetings and everyone talks about their thoughts and you feeling, so, you identify with of so many of the shares, yet the stubbornness of the self-systems, self-centered system of default is so powerful that people will get right there. Oh, I, I love that everyone thinks like me here and feels like me and does the things that I've done. And you're like sitting there going, all right, one more push, and you'll be in the solution. <laughs> but they usually back off, and then, oh, still keep the separateness, you know, I'm unique, and no one does what I did. But in fact, it's not true. So in recovery, I don't identify with the people there. I identify with what took them over, because the same thing took me over. Yeah? And everyone in this whole place is taken, taken over by self centeredness that's the original parasite that spawns other parasites. <laughs> and it will go on parasite hunting fucking expeditions to, to, to hide itself as the mama and papa parasite. Because I've gotten relief from alcoholism, and it doesn't necessarily correlate with relief from identification itself. 
There's still stuff that's still stuck, even when you get a lot of relief from alcoholism. You'll see the roots that alcoholism only amplified are there. You being the doer, you being the thinker, you being the feeler. Yeah? So I would say this is the precursor to that. I think alcoholism is spawned by our desire to get out of self-centeredness, which is fucking driving us crazy. So some of us have a predilection to seek relief through alcohol and drugs because they're fast, you know. You, you can drink something and it'll change how you feel. And if you shoot something in your vein, you'll change it faster. Yeah? And so that became the imperative. I want to change how I feel as fucking fast as I could. So I was an intravenous drug user. Yeah? But the whole point is, what's behind that is the identification as a self. It's not just obsession with it. That, the identification is kept in place by obsessing about it. Yeah? The obsession isn't the cause of anything. The obsession is an effect of the identification as. So that's what happened. The reverse engineering brought me to there, and then that was that. And whatever occurred seems to be the last answer, because I haven't had any interest looking for any other answer. And I'm not looking for a turbocharged... I'm not looking for psychotherapy and non-duality or tantric and non-duality or any other fucking thing. Because I don't see there is anything called non-duality. It's just an, it's a negative statement, which is not to. That's all it means. It doesn't mean anything else. So how am I going to synthesize it with something else? <laughs> how can I mix it with some other modality? Because it's not a modality. It's a negation of modalities, not two. Yeah. So to me, the train stopped there and I got off. And the whistle hasn't gone back <laughs> The whistle hasn't called me back to the train for a long time. It's like free-ranging now. <laughs> All right, you reach your destination and you'll be used. You'll be, you're on call 24-7 and you'll be put to use. <laughs> At all other times, just roam. <laughs> you'll be taking care of things with we'll this and do that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to worry about. Yeah? It's lively in there. They're going to break out into tongues soon. That's great, man. I swear. It'd be more fun doing that. I swear. Because then I could talk about, oh, you sounded great tonight, or whatever. You know? I got a message from what you weren't saying, or whatever. This is so, in a way, you get nothing. Why have you fucking time? I have to come here. I don't know why people come. I have to come. I'm compelled to come. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just a momentary activity. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go on this fucking long. <laughs> it's ruined a lot of relationships with women. <laughs> I got to try to behave better. <laughs> I don't like mix- mixing the messenger and the message. But people do. You know, but the message is what you want. You know, the messenger you can do without. <laughs> the message. The message is you are what you're looking for, but just not as you seem to be. And remember the word seem means it appears to be true or false to you. There's no truth in a damn thing other than what you give it. And there's no falsehood to a damn thing other than what you give it. Everything here is seemingly so. Yeah. So, yes. I want to read another thing. You mind? I can't read it because I can't see well. But this is, I violate. Let me see this one. Hmm. This guy was to me so cool. Pretty interesting. Oh, so he would say, forgetfulness of your real nature is the present death. Remembrance, well, I don't believe you need to remember it, but acknowledging it is the rebirth. Yeah. So basically, in a way, as we are right now, we're dead to the fact of what we are. Yeah. So the, the obsession with self isn't just obsession with self. It's used to deny what you are. Yeah. 
it has it's a two-sided sword. It's not just obsessing over you. The obsession clouds what you are to itself, in a sense. Yeah? So when the obsession, when you can... And if you remove the self, I'll tell you something, you lose interest in the obsession. It's truly boring. Have you ever had anyone come over your house and talk about their obsession with self? Unless you want something from them. You're bored in ten minutes, aren't you? Maybe you want to sleep with them or something. So, oh, yes, I'm very interested. You know, but as soon as you get what you think you want, you're fucking, you know, hey, i got to do the laundry today. So, it's, <laughs> I have no time today to sit here and listen about what's not happening. <laughs> Seriously. But the same thing going on in, in this head, held is about you or yours, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? It must be, we've been listening for 50, 60, 30, 40 years. I mean, there's some worth in there. There must be some value. There's hope. (laughs) I think it's all because it's about us. So, you know, you want to try to combat that activity, or do you want to take what it's surrounding away? And if the thing isn't even so, there's no need to take it away, just to realize it's an imaginary idea. Yeah, if you take the rock out of the water, all the eddies and the currents that the rocks seem to produce will go back flowing down down river to their source, to its source. It's only the it's the rock of self that causes things to coagulate around. Yes? The water doesn't go want to go around the clock, it's just following its nature of the rock. But when the rock gets pulled out, it will be released. Yeah. To me, the idea of being a self is the, is the fascination. It's the, it's the activity, it's the, the seeming, the made-up object of all the activity. It's about you. Even, getting, even leaving you is about you. Yeah? Wanting to know God is about you. Not about God, is it? Because what happens when you think you arrive at God? Fuck God, now I'm a knower of God. <laughs> Again, the spotlights always turn to you. Even when it's the light of all lights, the, what's your mental state's going to shine on you going up the stairway to heaven. <laughs> Fuck heaven, it'll all be about you. You ever see those movies? Where, like They take big trips in Italy, they don't show any of the beautiful, they just show the person. Oh, there... Why, why do I want to see this fucking dude for for an hour? I want to see the Sistine Chapel. But no, there's me in the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> so, yes. I humbly, 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 humbly believe there is a solution. And the solution is to recognize that the problem is imaginary or as an activity. And therefore, there's no need for a solution. That's the greatest solution of all. Yeah? When you realize what isn't, what isn't so is not so, there'll be no need for a solution to it. Just its non-existent nature is more than enough to disqualify it from any relevance. So... That's that. No questions, no? No. Oh, yes.